in the morning. Scott from winningfornextyear.com will join us as he does every Monday at 8. I'm joined every morning by the able-bodied Matthew Fantone, fresh off his trip to the Dusty Armadillo. Buddy, how was that? Uh, buddy, I am going to speak highly, and I mean highly, of the Dusty Armadillo. That I was told fir- you. That was the first time I had ever been there. I told you you were going to enjoy it. Um, And it really was a thoroughly enjoyable experience. Is that I, right? uh, I had some preconceived notations in my mind. I was like, you. boy, I, uh, I know exactly what this is going to be like. And I got there, and your boy was wrong, dude. It was, uh, it was a lot less... Kick the dust up than I expected. It was the Sunday bike rally, so they kind of rock it out for that. Sure. You know, I was talking to the guy that runs the sound booth there, and he was a little bit more skinner. Yeah, he was like, he was like, dude, you know, we tried to play a bunch of country music when we first started these. He's like, but bikers want to listen to rock music. They kind of want that southern rock stuff. That that give them some ZZ Top, give them some Skinner, give them all that 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 southern classic rock. Now there was, you know, a couple of couple of Eric Church songs that made made the crossover. Makes sense, but me and him actually got to talking about that and when you think about it if rock is your station number two or three down the line is usually country. country i've said this for a while and they, i my boss claims that they tried it in other cities not here but they've tried it in other cities like i take a guy like my brother it's about seven years older than i am if you play him acdc and jason aldean he wants both those things I, for the life of me, can't figure out where, like, because you got stations like My 1017 that kind of play yeah. a little bit of everything, and you got stations that kind of, like, mix and, you know, go and steal from other formats, kind of do that. Like, I can't, for the life of me, figure out where the classic rock slash bro country station is. I, I did, I, you would get me with it, get my brother with it, you'd obviously get a bunch of those bikers with it. I can't, for the life of me, I, but I guess they've tried it in other places, it doesn't work. Yeah, so, you know, a, a, a decent representation of the 20 million felt like I had nice. a lot of people coming up to me saying they listen to the show all the time. Nice. Um, including a, oh, no. uh, an, and no, 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 an avid listener, Brett Bowman. Oh, uh, yeah. That dude, he deserves, like, I don't know, some sort of award that the Stansberry Show gives the people. Uh, got two. One for me, one for you. Two giant Yeti tumblers yeah. and got the Stansberry Show logo engraved on. I dude, this is really sweet. He he kind of gave me an indication that he was going to be sending these to you. And I thought he was kidding at first. But they came out great. And I'll tell you what I love about it. Is that yes, the, the show logo on it is amazing. And cool. uh, I love how listeners are willing to put the show logo on things and the station isn't. I love that. He told me, he's like, I'll trade you this for a shirt. And I was like, dude, I don't know. <laughs> what do you want Come me on. to give you? I don't know. You shirt off my back. But it's got a closable lid. Like, my Yeti that I bought does not have a closable lid. This is, uh, I, I really love this. I mean, I thought all Yetis were top shelf, but this one is apparently very yeah. top shelf. It's giant. It's huge. That's it's, the Cadillac uh, of the Yeti tumblers. Yeah. Uh, so, dude, uh, the Sunday bike rally, shout out to everyone at the Dusty Armadillo. Appreciated you guys yesterday. Another story from my weekend. I Hold feel on like. one second. Oh. If you want to see uh, 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 photos of that Yeti so you know what the hell we're talking about, if you're on Instagram, it's at Sands Ratio. I just posted. And just in case you don't know, we're not talking about an actual. Yeti. It's not like we found Bigfoot out there. No, Fantone is the Yeti. We did not not find Bigfoot. What else is going on? Uh, My other thing that happened over the course of the weekend, dude, I think I might get my ass kicked. Okay. Ohio Championship Wrestling, Saturday night. We're at the OCW Arena in Akron. Let me say, there were some shenanigans going on in the championship match. Juice Jennings ends up cheating, winning the OCW title. Your boy wasn't going to stand for that. So I come out from the back, start giving it to the referees, and tell them, dude, we got to start this thing over. I think Juice Jennings is going to kick my ass, dude. 
I kind of hope that happens. <laughs> I think like, and I'm not. I'm like, I think Juice Jennings is gunning for me now. Is that right? Yeah, I feel like I feel like your boy is. Uh, yeah, dude, he's got he's got, a, he's got a bullseye on his back. Dude, put him in a cage. Somebody has to climb a ladder. Somebody's got to pull Phantom's girlfriend off the. T- I don't know something. The wrestling world just gets out of control. Um, so what's the story with you? What was your weekend about? All right, so but I, my weekend was honestly filled with naps and golf. I was like 70 all weekend, and it was awesome. <laughs> that, that's all I did. I don't really have a whole lot of that, but I want to okay. go back to Friday, all right. all right, because we were we were kind of indicating on Friday, like, well, we have a meeting with the boss. We might be in trouble. Okay. Okay? And so people were like, oh, my God, did you guys get fired? No, we did not. All right? And this happens all the time. It's been a while since he sat us down and yelled at us, so he sat us down and yelled at us about nothing. And like I started like w- w- like I broke the tape down Friday when I got back to my house. And essentially what he's mad about is this. Apparently we were number 1 again and he's like, you know, this happens in radio, guys hit number 1 and they start to get a little egotistical and I was like, well, dude, we've been number 1 for 2 years straight. Yeah. So if we were going to have egos, we would have had them before now. Right? And yet, the other thing you're yelling at us about is how early we leave the building. So how am I walking around here with an ego if I'm leaving to her? You you have to sit me down and tell me to stay here longer. How do you know if I have an ego problem if I'm not here long enough? If I'm already on 77 Southbound, I don't know what you're talking about. And so, like, when I went home Friday and I sat there and I thought about that, about the fact that I know it's not one but two people that work in this building that are, actually, it's three, that are direct lines back to him, and those three people are close lock watching me and are now going to my boss and telling him what time I'm leaving every day. I'm just telling you right now, I'm keeping notes on those three people. No, no, no. If it's good enough for the goose, it's good enough for whatever the hell the rest of the nursery rhyme is. I'm no, I'm telling you, I'm over this. I'm over these three people. I'm telling you, if I see one of these guys outside of work, I'm afraid of what my, like if I walk, if I walked into a bar Friday night and I saw one of these guys, because occasionally we'll, we'll bump into one another in the same bars. I'm telling you right now, out of fear of what I would have done, I would have turned around and walked out and left. Seems like he's going roadhouse. I am effing pissed. I'm mad over the fact, dude, we work at Romper Room. Like, seriously, we now have guys like, well, Sansbury left at 1045 and I'm not sure if that's okay. Like, sitting outside our boss's office crying like little girls. I mean, listen, I... I, I enough is enough. Enough is enough. I think it's fair that, you know, you expect your co-workers to live up to the same standards that you do, and I, I do. I think that's well, fair. I'm waiting for them to do it. And I guess that's kind of the I'm point I'm waiting there, for everybody like, else to get there. It's like, you know, uh, the hours on the uh, timesheet aren't necessarily important as, like, the numbers on the, on the report card. So I would think... Well, yeah, but we didn't do that. Okay. The radio right. station gave us those. Okay. The radio right. station did right. that. You, dude, your work didn't do that. Okay. My work didn't do that. I just like that you're going time cop now. I like that you're going Jean-Claude Van Damme style. You're going to be sitting there making sure that people clocking in, clocking out. I, I just, like I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe There are things that happen every week on this program we should be yelled at for. Yeah. And we should be told, hey, yeah. stop doing this, tighten this, do this. But it, what time I leave the building is why I'm in trouble. Like, that's why I'm in trouble. I felt like I was in ninth grade. Like, so do I have to come here? Like, where was Time Cop yesterday? I spent three hours in here yesterday preparing today's show, recording spots, doing production work. So so where was Time Cop yesterday? Going outside of Keith Kennedy's office going, Sansbury's here all day on Sunday. Just so you know, you might want to give him more gold stars. I, I do. I swear. I don't know how I don't headlock people. Now we got another meeting. Ten fifteen. Boys, come back in the office. I bet we do. I don't care. It's at some point somebody's got to realize. Like, yeah, that is kind of crazy.
That is kind of nuts that, that that's what we're worried about. Meanwhile, dude, those same guys that wanted to bitch were pretty late this morning. Yeah. They were pretty late this morning. So believe me, man, my time cards are going to be slipped right underneath boss's door. I'm reporting on everybody. We don't even have time cards. It's not like we're salaried employees. We are salaried. We get paid what we get paid. There is no like, all right, dude, we need you guys here from 8 in the morning to 4 o'clock. No, there's no no schedule. Everything everybody's done in this building is getting written down, and he's getting a weekly report every single Friday. If that's what's going to be done to me, it's what's going to be done to the rest. Is that why I'm not employee of the month? Because I'm because I leave early. I think so. I mean, or is, I, it, or is it because of what I'm doing right now? I, I want employee of the month, so I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know why you're not. It's like, dude, we're damned if we do, damned if we don't. If we stay here late in the building during the week, we end up finding ourselves in trouble over something we didn't do. Like, because I can raise my hand. That's happened to me multiple times. And then if we leave to get out of here so we don't get in trouble, then we're in trouble for that. I can't for the life of me figure out why this is this big of a problem for some people in this building. But apparently they're not getting the same treatment that Stansbury gets. It's not fair. I work in a building filled with 10-year-olds. More Stansbury Show right around the corner. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. 7.30, we'll get you hooked up with those Green Day tickets that are playing next week. Believe a week from today, I believe that yeah. is. Yeah. Twenty first. Yeah. We'll send you out to Blossom to see Green Day. I'm actually gonna go to that show. Stansbury making an appearance. I am indeed. Yeah, All we're right. off a couple of days next week. We're off what was it, Tuesday and Thursday next week. Correct, dude. So uh with Monday being the show, I was like, yeah, if I'm off Tuesday anyway, might as well go to the show. I uh I'm excited for next week, dude. That Monday, Wednesday, Friday schedule. That's a pretty good one. That's not a bad one. Did we get it cleared? By, by the two people in the building who, who are clock watching us every day. Time cop! I mean, my boss signed off on, on my days off, but I'm not sure if the co-workers on equal playing field with me did. If you missed the opening break of the show, we were ratted out last week for leaving a little too early, and a couple of people in the building are upset about it. You can hear how seriously I'm taking that. We talk about this on the program a lot. And it turns out that fashion magazines have been claiming that cargo shorts have been over in a fashion nightmare for 10 years. And I remember it was about six months ago we were talking about this. Man, oh, God, it was longer maybe ago. No, yeah. it, was, it was a year ago because I, yeah, I was going to Oregon. And, uh, and I remember packing. And we were talking about how you kind of just need to be done wearing the cargo shorts. And I threw my last pair. I had, a, I had a, like a dark green pair. And after that, that trip... Because I wanted to wear them on the plane because they were comfortable. Then I threw them out. I uh, I'm surprised you. Uh, I think when we first had this conversation, it was very much like, yeah, I don't wear them all the time, but I'm going to hold on to these ones forever. I wanted to hold on to my green surprised. ones. I wanted to hold on to them, but I didn't. I threw them out. Well, I didn't throw them out. I donated them in the, one of those you know yellow you know world org boxes or whatever. Right. But I got rid of. Them. And it turns out it seems like our, the rest of us are following suit. For the first time in a decade, the sales of cargo shorts have dwindled. That's out of market research, and they've, uh, like I said, GQ has been say, has been saying that they're too baggy and out of fashion for a decade. But you know how middle America is. We just, you know what I mean. It yeah. takes a while. It's like you know what I mean. T tops are are out of style too, but we still have them. That's just the way it is. But sales have finally dwindled after a, for the first time in a decade, they've gone down. And I got to be honest with you. Now that I don't own them anymore, I do notice it. 
It's like I'm always nervous when we talk about this stuff because we we bag on jorts all the time too. Right. A lot of people that listen to rock stations are in jorts currently. Right. And so as sometimes we speak. like I'll be in a restaurant and I'll see a dude like come in with big muscles. He's either got cargo shorts or jorts on. I'm like, damn it, he probably heard me. He's gonna turn me upside down, shake the change out of my pocket, whatever the hell else the tough people do. I I wouldn't know. And I just I'm always worried about that. For the first time in a decade, though, they dwindle. Um, you know, I mean, when you're right, it is going to take a little bit of time to get towards middle America, but this isn't a new thing. You know, this, this, this thing, you know, the story first came out a year plus ago. And if, if they say it's been 10 years, I think it's a, you know, it's a slow changing of the tide, but it's happening nonetheless. I think right now though, I feel like almost inspired to go buy cargo shorts. I'm like, well, dude, if I'm not supposed to be doing it, I'm going to zig when everyone well, else is Well, that's, I mean, don't Apple. get me wrong. The members only, the, the, the members only jacket wearers and like the funny mustache guys and like all those guys, they're going to do that. That's what they're going to do. So white trash and hipsters? Well, hipster I mean, and white trash all are often the same exact thing. And it's just hipsters think they're being funny. And it's like, well, what's the difference? If they're wearing it not knowing they shouldn't be wearing it, and you're wearing it knowing that you shouldn't, but you're doing it anyway, who's worse? I think you're worse. I guess. Who, I think the hipster's worse. I, I guess we're getting into, like, who's worse? The person who's worried about what kind of shorts I'm wearing, whether those shorts have pockets on the legs or not. Like, I guess that's really where it's like, I mean, the, right? Yes. Like, I mean. Ultimately, Yes, John says, screw what the fashion needs to say, cargos are in. I'm telling you, man, they're not. I, they're out, but keep wearing them, John. I support you 100%, bro. <laughs> do you do have it. cargos? I do not. I, I do not have any cargo shorts right now, but like, honest to God, I'm like, eh, well, maybe I should have some cargo shorts. Maybe I should show you know, a, a, a sign of unity with all my white trash and hipster brethren. I can't even remember the last time I was in a store and saw a, a oh, pair of cargos. You can still go to Target right now. I know they have them in Target, because when I bought shorts this summer, I was like, oh, there's the green ones with the pockets on the sides and the green ones without. There's the gray ones with the pockets and the ones without. So I know you can you still get them, and I guarantee Walmart still has them. But oh, I, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't close shop normally at Target and or the Walmart. There normally, uh, if I'm close shopping, I'm normally in the mall or online. I, I, I don't normally, uh, I, I don't normally close shop at Target. Stansbury, what a, what a, what a uh, fashion elitist! I almost want to say. Oh, I'm not I, uh, dude, I've told people all of, since taking this job. I am an elitist. I'm just poor. <laughs> like, dude, like if I got paid what what you should get paid to do this, I would totally be an elitist. It's just like Rock 1069 is worried about my attitude problem, so it's three pesos a month is what they're like. Yeah, well, you can live off of that. But yeah, I would uh, I, I would totally be a, like a, a fashion elitist if, if well if I had the money. But we're all too broke for that. But sales of cargo shorts have finally, finally, finally dwindled down after. A decade. More Sansbury Show around the corner next. Hang on. Rock 1069. And welcome back to the Sansbury Show. Rock 1069. 7.30. We'll send you to see Green Day next week. That's on the Blossom. 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 2. Both hours. You'll have a shot at a trip to Vegas for the iHeartRadio Music Festival. Miley Cyrus, Kings of Leon, Big Sean, Chris Stapleton, Pink, bunch of others. Get your first keyword of the day. That happens at 8, along with Scott from ReadyForNextYear.com. But before we have him, I wanted to talk to Fantone about this. Um, We didn't get into this last week. But the report that Kyrie Irving went, what, days without talking to uh, his fellow Cavalier uh, teammates during the playoff run? 
Well, and I uh, I think that, you know, obviously indicative that this wasn't a rash decision made by Kyrie. This was something that's kind of been, you know, brewing within him for a while there. And, like, I understand that once you get to the offseason, once the uh, once the run is over, but at the end of the day, not talking to your play- your teammates for multiple days in a playoff run, that's unprofessional. That is. like I wasn't sure if this was kind of like in their days off in between games, if this was common. Because I, I, I don't know. Like, you know what, dude, we're on the road together this and that it's a day off like stay away from me well yeah and i I mean right i mean i mean on saturday you and i don't hang out right and 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 there is a little bit of like a built-in buffer zone that you have to create there but i can't assume that this if if that were common you'd hear dudes from the nba you'd hear dudes on the Cavs, you'd hear everybody being like no dude i don't talk to my teammates either on days off that's a good point you're in the middle of a playoff run here you're in the middle of a championship you know a championship is is your is your long-term goal so isn't isn't more the mentality like well no dude we're bunkered in together together. like we're in together and like i'm not saying you have to go out to dinner with each other or you have to like text each other as soon as you wake up like what up ron how are you this morning but there is going to be points of like we need to talk about what are we doing with with you know with Boston's defense. Get out of the banana boat, right? Well, I mean, what are we doing? What are we doing when it comes to you know with the Warriors? So I've been thinking about this Kyrie thing a little bit more, and I think I understand where he's coming from now. And he's young. I mean, he's twenty five and he's already got his title, right? And I'm not saying he's right about it. I'm just telling you how I think he got to where he is. All right, I think there's part of Kyrie Irving that is saying to himself. I play with the second greatest player ever. Some say the greatest, but you know most people feel comfortable saying. In the saying, discussion, yeah, in the discussion. Short and list. so I won a title, and there's going to be people who think that the only reason that that happened, or the only reason I'm on this stage whatsoever, is because I'm standing next to the second greatest player of all time. But I'm Kyrie Irving, and I'm pretty goddamn good. And so I'm wondering if there isn't some of you know what. I've watched all these dudes. I'm watching LeBron title chase in year 14. I'm watching all these dudes like title chase late in their career. I got my title early in my career. I'll spend the middle of it showing people that I'm the man and that I am a great basketball player and I don't need LeBron to be great. And later on in my career, I'll go join another super team and I'll win at the end of my career. I think I, I think that's what's going on, so right? To, so to prove the greatness, he's going to go... I, like I said, I'm not saying it makes sense. I, all I know is that if, I, if it were me, okay, and I'm pretty talented at what I do, but if I spent my entire career chained to Howard Stern, nobody was ever going to notice it. Yeah, but are you going to go do, are you going to go to Shreveport, Louisiana and go do mornings there and be like, ha, proved I'm better than Howard. I'm probably, I'm probably not going to, but the NBA isn't Shreveport and no, and, and no franchise in the NBA is Shreveport. The Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, they got got a pretty good player up there too. Like you Timberwolves. Well, again, they just put they put them together a pretty good roster up so, there. So, so you're going to... You're, I mean, they just added Jimmy Butler to that. So thing. you're going to add yourself into a situation where there's already... Tam- I, like, it just doesn't make sense. It's, it doesn't make a ton of sense, but I, 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 I'm, what I think he's thinking is this. What I don't want to have happen is to me retire and have everybody say, yeah, but LeBron. And that's what they're going to say. And I don't think he's going to do enough without LeBron to combat so, that, but he thinks he can. Okay. You know what I mean? I'm not arguing for it. I'm just telling you how I think he got there. And I understand it. If you were super talented, what you would want is to, is to have the credit for that, 
for that talent. And in most other situations, you would hear people saying, well, if he didn't hit the shot in Game 7, they don't win the title. But that's not what happens here. People are thinking LeBron for that. And at the end of the day, it was Kyrie's shot that did it. Now, LeBron kind of got you there, and he built the team and does all that. You can't discount that. But in his mind, Game 7, Cleveland doesn't have the title, if it's not for him, and yet it's LeBron's feet where all the rose petals are going. And I'm sure there's a little bit of Kyrie that's like, guys, I hit the shot. Without me hitting the shot, we don't win. And again, I think he's wrong. But that's what happens in the human mind. And I'm telling you, I think it's like, I don't want to be standing next to the second greatest player ever my entire career. I kind of want to get out there and kind of do my own thing. But that's the mistake young people make. So do you think that Kyrie thinks that LeBron is not going anywhere? I don't know. I my whole point comes from no matter where LeBron is, that's where I don't want to be. And so, like, I don't know what Kyrie thinks that this or that or that. I think he's kind of tired of this situation, and I think he's just like, you know what? No matter what I do in a Cavaliers uniform, that's LeBron's franchise. No matter what happens, and so like, just get me anywhere that's not there. And I know it sounds crazy, but I once upon a time in this industry, in the radio business, had a job making over six figures a year, multiple endorsements, all the stuff. On the surface, you'd be like, you're crazy to leave this. And I desperately, every single day, wanted to get out of that job because of how much I hated it. And so I think that there's sometimes, man, you can be made to be miserable. And on the surface, like it looks like everything's great. And to the, to the naked eye, you'd be like, why would you leave that? It looks so fantastic. But there are things happening behind the scenes that nobody knows that are just non-starters for you. And I think that's happening here with Kyrie Irving. I do. I think he's wrong about it, but I think that's what's going on with Kyrie Irving. You uh, have obviously heard about the unrest in Charlottesville. We are going to examine it together. That will happen next on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show, Rock 106.9, 730. We'll send you to see Green Day, 8 o'clock. We'll send you out to Vegas for the iHeartRadio Music Festival. We'll do that again at 9. And again, places. looking forward to talking to Scott from winningfornextyear.com at 8. Get his take on uh, the first preseason game, quarterback battle. Oh, yeah. What he thinks about what Kyrie Irving, uh, uh, the new info on Kyrie, that he didn't talk to his teammates for days on end during the playoff run. That did seem weird to me. Plus, uh, your boy Corey Kluber running down Randy Johnson right now when it comes to consecutive games with eight plus strikeouts. Yeah, that is it. cool. So, uh, well, plenty of inf- or plenty of things to talk with Scott about. Memory serves. I had said, wait till the All Star break. Indians will start turning it on, and there they are. So, I'm sure by now most of you have uh, either seen video, heard audio, or at least are a little bit aware of what happened in Charlottesville, uh, Virginia, over the weekend. And before I go into anything whatsoever, I'm going to say the same thing to the white nationalists that I said to every other group that were blocking streets of this and huff. Dude, just stop. Just do go back to work. Get back in your house. Stop protesting things. That's what I've said to every group doing it. Just so you know, I, that's how I feel across the board. I know the most American thing you can do. Who cares? Shut up. Go back to go back to work. That's my take on all of it. Okay. But there were they were removing a what was it a a statue of Robert E Lee is is, is what they were going to take so Correct. the white nationalists were marching on the street to protest the removal of this now again I'm going to stop right here and say this when you when they I'll say they when they protest these things the removal of like these artifacts from 
the Civil War and all that, it does not feel to me like what you're trying to do is protect your heritage. It doesn't feel that way. The way it feels as if is that you're telling black people to stay in their goddamn place. That's the way it feels. That's the way it lands. I don't care what your intention is. I'm telling you how it plays to the rest of the country. And the mainstream media didn't tell me that. The leftists, the, the, the libtards didn't make me feel that way. I'm, t- I'm an intelligent person. I can turn on the TV and tell you what it looks like. I mean, that's what it looks like to to make the argument that this had nothing to do with racism and its heritage, not hate and its state's rights and things like that. I mean, right. When you have Nazi flags flying, when you're chanting anti-Semitic and racist comments, you can't carry the hate flag and tell me it's not about hate. And you don't get it this time. You would like to think that all those people who are like, no, this is just about, you know, preserving our heritage. You would be out there saying, no, you're not carrying Nazi flags. Right. No, but they were fully armed and armed supporting with that. So like, no, that's. That's a, that's a very bunk argument. You'd like to think that at this point, well, this is proof positive that that argument is a lie, but there's still people out there who are like, nah, it's heritage, not hate. You're and an idiot. Marking down, and, and, and marching down the street carrying tiki d- d- torches, like the, d- d- like your protest got to, like funded by Home Depot. Like It just looked poor. Like Everything just looked and bad. You didn't, you, didn't, you didn't unintentionally decide to go with torches. It's not like that was just a shot in the dark of like, well, you dude, know what that imagery is. We're going to need to be illuminated. We're going to have to have some sort of lighting when we do this. You know what? Maybe torches is what we should go with. Come on. Come on. You you knew exactly the way that looked. You knew what that imagery was, and that's why you did it. And that's why the Nazi flags were there, and that's why all the the things we were hearing was said. And so then during this, I'm sure, again, you all know. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. But a guy ran down the street. I believe it was like what it was one of those chargers, right? It was like yeah. one of those Dodge chargers. Yeah. And he like ran down the street and he hit a woman. M- hit multiple, multiple people. people I mean, but it, it he killed, killed this woman. woman. Yes, he I mean, killed hit, this woman. I, I think, I think it was nineteen. Of yeah, them, right? I think it was twenty people in the hospital or something like that. Heather Heyer is uh, is her name, and she was she was killed by this car. And anybody trying to make the argument to me that guy didn't know what he was doing, you're insane, and you just don't want to come off your side of the argument. I, I'm smart. I watched the, the video. He pulls up to the street, stops, and then goes, and then pulls backwards and drags the body. I saw people who were making the claim of, like, well, there were people hitting his car, and he feared for his life. If you want to make the argument if you want to make the argument of, hey, that guy, hey, that guy doesn't represent me, I can understand that and say, hey, that, that, that doesn't represent all conservatives. That doesn't represent all people. But don't try to justify what he did. Right. Exactly. Like, there's, those are two very different things right there. And if you are standing on the side of a person running people over with their automobile because of they feel differently politically than you, then it, it, there's no help for you. I read this article yesterday from Slate. It was good. The title was, I'm a white man. Hear me out. And so I was like, all right, well, I can't wait to read this. And so I read it. And, and basically the point was this, is that I, I support our president. I support the right side of politics. But what was happening in Charlottesville, I don't agree with. And that's fine. You can, I, I don't think everybody with white skin feels like the people in Charlottesville. I don't know why people, like, I, I said this to Fantone this morning. I am a white person in America. And I'll be honest with you, given some of the racial history that this country's had, I'm happy that I was born a white person in America. I'm proud to be white. I'm happy to be white. But I'm not, but if anybody was ever to refer to me as a white nationalist, my response to that was, I don't totally know what that is, but it sounds like a group I don't want to be part of. Like that just sounds like something I don't want to be a part of. I mean, Am, am I happy to be white? Of course I am. Am I happy to be heterosexual? Of course I am. Am I happy to be a man? Of course I am. Am I happy to be middle class? Of course I am. Those are all things that, like, 
yeah, man, I'm glad that that was given to me. And I'm glad that I woke up one more, or I came out of my mom's vagina sure. and bam, this is the situation I was in, dude. Like this, that, that dude, I was born, I was born into a good place there. Like it, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm happy that that happened, but you can't, uh, that's, that's different than, that's, I feel like your dad's saying you were born from a good place. <laughs> that's different than, than coming out here and saying white pride. I feel like those are two fundamentally different things. Yeah. Anytime, I, I'll be honest with you, it's any group for. For me though when you start to get like ultra pride uh, prideful about like your direct heritage and it's like like this race is better it's i don't know do you have a problem with the italian american festival yeah not the festival but it, it just i don't know the that's a pride thing. That's we're proud to be Italians. I'm Italian. Poor, I'm German. I'm, I'm a bunch of these things. I'm not proud. I'm proud to be an American. Like that's. Who, I'm telling you who I, who Dan Sansbury is. I don't care about anybody else. I'm telling you who I am. I'm proud to be an American. I'm Italian. I, I'm not necessarily prideful over it. I mean, that's one of those things. I always kind of look at people who are like, well, we should just say all lives matter and all everyone and blah blah blah. And it's like, well, you don't have a problem with you know with with the uh, with the Greek festival every year. So like, why do you have a problem with other people having their thing yeah i mean have your thing i just like i said you know I'm, I'm italian i don't have pride over the fact that i'm an italian i have pride over the fact that i was that i'm an american i have that i have that american thing it's never okay to take your car and run it into another human being i can't believe i have to say that i cannot believe i have to tell adults that but it's never i don't care what's happening I mean, okay, so I'm going to agree with you in the sense of I don't think violence has a place in politics. I don't. I, I think when I think when you decide to 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 go out and start shooting congressmen on a field, that's Wrong. absolutely disgraceful, disgusting. The exact same thing as when you start plowing people over. But now we're talking about like, well, nonviolence is the way to do it. And when when does that line stop? Well, like if you don't agree with like killing people over a difference in how you feel politically, or or, or do you you know well when well can I say that like well you can't attack terrorists then because they just feel differently politically than you and if, if we're all going to be like well you can't start attacking people I, I just I don't I don't like violence and like I said this doesn't feel to me like well we want the statue there because it's about our heritage it's about you telling black people to stay in their place it is and I, I just don't nobody's ever been able to tell me the argument that doesn't mean that and I know when they were changing street names and all that stuff I was like well wait a minute isn't some kind of remnants of what happened as a reminder but that's not the way people remember it it's just a street that they drive on you're not thinking about the history less well, I tried to stand up for that the last couple of times on the rounds of these and it doesn't work the math doesn't add up and you know it doesn't this is about telling black people stop advancing your cause it is it's nothing more than that and i don't know how you can turn on the tv and think it's not that i really don't and like i said the mainstream media didn't brainwash me it's not that i'm a person I grew up in America. I've seen the racial problems we've had in this country. I remember it was, what, about a year ago when we were talking about all these cop shootings and we, everybody's trying to tell me, like, well, this and that. And I was like, well, what about Rage Against the Machine, though? Because you all reach over to the radio to turn up that song when he's talking about that. That song came out in 1990, 1991. So, like... Oh, yeah. I mean, the problems we have today... Come on, now. They're the problems that we've had for our entire lives. And, I mean, that's, that's 100% true, dude. But I will say... Whether it's just by feeling or perception or whatever, I will say I think the the change in news media, I think the change of the digital revolution have kind of oh we're amping everyone up right have brought in those problems to oh, the yeah. forefront. Oh yeah, it's catnip for, for for crazy people. That's what social media is. 
Social media has, I, dude, I've said this. I, dude, this is the thing that is going to destroy us. Knowing everybody's live thoughts are the, is the worst thing that could have ever happened. We do have a little piece of audio from the president, Donald Trump, who addressed this issue, and here's that. But we're closely following the terrible events unfolding in Charlottesville, Virginia. We condemn in the strongest possible terms this egregious display of hatred, bigotry, and violence on many sides. What does that mean? On many sides. What does that mean? What does the many sides mean? He's saying that, you know, yes, the people who were out there, um, you know, as Nazis were wrong, but he's also saying there are people that were out there as counter-protesters that were equally as wrong is kind of how I interpreted it. And a lot of people have a problem with that so on both he, sides of the aisle. He's kind of yelling at the anti, uh, at the protesters who were protesting the original protest. Yeah. Seems like a weird time to do that. a long time in our country. Not Donald Trump, not Barack Obama. It's been going on for a long, long See, time. Th- this, this, dude, he doesn't even finish his thoughts. Like, that's not even an entire sentence. Not, not Donald Trump, not Barack Obama, not what? Not what? So it, what, he's saying that they didn't start this? Like, the, he doesn't even finish his sentences. This is weird. It is no place in America. What is vital now is a swift restoration of law and order and the protection of innocent lives. No citizen should ever fear for their safety and security in our society. And no child should ever be afraid to go outside and play or be with their parents and have a good time. What? <laughs> that, I just that, got that off the weird. phone with the governor of Virginia, Terry McAuliffe. That was weird. And we agreed that the hate and the division must stop and must stop right now. We have to come together as Americans with love for our nation and true affection, uh, really, and I, I say this so strongly, true affection for each other. All right. I heard people making the claim that he didn't condemn this harshly enough. And I will tell you that, yeah, I think he did. It's just that's what he's capable of. What do you mean? Like, all right, I'm going to say something about Donald Trump I could have never said about Barack Obama. Okay? A, because it wasn't true. And B, because if you say this about, if you say this as a white person about a person of color, you're a racist. Okay. But Donald Trump is not articulate. He's not. He's not articulate. He never, you know what he doesn't really have is presidential voice. He didn't really have that thing. Like, you can't lie, America, that if I just played you audio of after a tragedy, other presidents, I won't even go with Obama, go too back, go even go Bush, were better at the statement. They were better at the unifying moment thing. They were better at the here's the blanket of American security that my voice is supposed to give you. He's not great at it. He's just not great at it. Well, I mean, I would, I, I, I think it's fair to say that uh, Donald Trump's speech and his the way that he talks is a part of the reason why he was elected. I think so. I mean, a huge part, I would say. And I said this, what was it, about a month ago? I said, I think next presidential election, aren't we going to run back to the career politicians now? Isn't and uh, are, are, are we we'll done? See. Maybe are we done? Maybe with uh, well, career politicians are are bad. We'll see. I, I I think there's plenty of people right now who vehemently disagree with you. Um, uh, but you know, you know, maybe he doesn't have a presidential cadence maybe the way the words come out of his mouth aren't necessarily he what you expect from the head of state 
Um, but he's not incapable of making strongly worded statements against things he's opposed to. Well, I mean, to. he came out and said we condemn it to the full extent or whatever. I don't, I'm going to paraphrase. But why, but why didn't you specifically call out what you're condemning? When somebody like Donald Trump, who has made a huge point, a huge point about of you, Barack not calling it fundamental you, you, terrorism. You have, what is this called? You have to white nationalism, white supremacy. I mean, white, you know, the Ku Klux Klan. Uh, well, I mean, he called it racism. I mean, bigotry, he called it. So it, it, you're getting in. I mean, six but, to five. But, but okay, so it's okay for it's okay for him to for him to not say it by name. But when Obama did that, when that was that was you're empowering them. So I mean, and that's one of the things that yesterday I saw on the news is that on on multiple like white supremacists like message boards and things like that, they said he's just broadly saying that because he has to by not calling us out. He's showing his support to us. Oh, well, that's a problem. If they're viewing it as support, if, if the naysayers are viewing it as support, I could mark that up to, well, you're just nitpicking and you're looking for something. If the people feel as if that's him winking to them and nodding at him, he needs to get his ass out there today and then completely go the other It'd way. It'd be an extra sentence because it's not like they weren't invoking him. There were plenty of people out there wearing the Trump uniform oh, yeah. of the khaki pants. No, it was being carried out and, in his name. In the, in the Make America Great Again hat. Yeah, no, and, it was and, being and, carried and out in his come name. Out, and to come out and say, you do not represent me, I do not represent you i want nothing to do with you that would have been the thing to do in my opinion that would have been the thing that that would have been the line in the sand to make well that's leadership now after that you can continue to say that like well and if you went out there as a counter protester and invited or invoked violence you're wrong as well but you have to make that clear you have to specifically say that i i I yes i know you're right i just hate that i hate the fact that people need it to be that clear i took his statement as this he's saying everything you want to to say he's just not good at it. How many times though has has it been like I said, like the reason we voted for him because he says what he thinks and he thinks what he says and and, and boy he's a straight shooter and you well, can trust the words that come out of his mouth. Let me clear this up. We didn't vote well, for him. I mean, <laughs> so like, like let, let, let me clear that up. Well, that but, was the whole point of this dude was that like yes he tells it like he is. I you know somebody made this point to me too is like imagine the tweets that would have been coming out of him had a Muslims taken to the street to protest oh, that. God, that. Dude, like if the that tweets been, and dude and and his Twitter was silent when this thing broke. He waited until they put him at a podium to speak on it. And the guy never waits to tweet anything. This was a decision on his part. There's no denying this. I want to address this. This came in in Twitter. He says, you know, you're talking about Robert E. Lee. You're talking about all this stuff. And yet every major city has a Martin Luther King Boulevard. Yeah. Are you comparing Robert E. Right. Lee and MLK? Bro, bro, if you don't know what, what the difference between those historical leaders are, this show can't help you. The History Channel is the only thing that's going to be able to help you there. I, I, I'm sorry. If you don't know what the difference is there, honestly, that statement's so crazy, I'm not even going to address it. More Sansbury Show around the corner. Hang on. On Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. And welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. We have Green Day tickets. You'll have them here shortly. 1-800-243-7625, the number you will need on those. I don't want to go backwards, but we were talking about the unrest in Charlottesville. And I took a tweet that said, yet every major city has a Martin Luther King Boulevard. This is over the fact that we're going to remove Robert E. Lee Satchel. I'm going to say this, and then we're going to move forward. There's no Malcolm X Boulevard. And now we'll move forward. Fantone said to me during the break, as we were listening to Smoking in the Boys Room by Motley Crue, he's like, dudes, somebody at Rock 106.9 must be smart. We must be playing this on purpose today. And I said, well, what in the hell for? And it being the 14th of August, Fantone said to me, he's like, dude, do you not know this? A lot of schools are back today. 
And I didn't know that. Schools are back today? Today is the day. Um, my uh, This feels early. Wasn't it like, I always felt like it was the end of August. Um, Things have changed. I think they've moved it forward a little bit. Um, Goddamn Common Core calendar. But doesn't it feel like earlier now when we're like, oh, damn, last day of school for the kids. And, you know, you see all your friends on Facebook yeah, maybe posting stupid pictures of their kids and like, oh, my gosh. Oh, the first day of school photos. It? First day, last day. Can you believe how much they've grown in the third grade? And I'm like, no, dude, your kids still look stupid to me. What do I care about this for? Um, but yeah, dude, back to school, which is good because honestly, in the middle of the afternoon, which you and I have off, there's always kids running around in my neighborhood being hoodlums. Oh, well, dude, I I like the why. That like that's where I like go to play basketball or work out like once a decade. And uh and dude, the why in the summer is nothing but a cheap babysitter. That's all it is. It's just little kids just running through there screaming. So like back at school in the middle of the afternoon, gym will be cleared out. Yeah, no, I'm I'm I I like back to school times. When uh when you were a youngster, I'm sure there were some 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 trials, tribulations, stories of Stansberry's end of the summer. I mean, were you excited for back to school? No, or hated it. Not dreaded it. Hated right? it. I um I did not like waking up in the morning. I um it, it. I mean, I was decent at school as long as I tried, but like I just never tried. I I don't know. I always felt this is gonna sound really bad, but like past it some way where I was like. I kind of figured out the BS meter pretty early where I was like, I don't need this. Like, you can tell me I'm going to need this, but I don't. Now, you do use more of the math that they teach you than than you realize. But especially now, it's like, well, I got six versions of a calculator in one app. You always told me the calculator. You're you're not going to have a calculator everywhere you go. Why? Yeah, I mean, because yeah, I, yeah. I totally do now. I've got a supercomputer in my pocket. Right. Thank you. And so, like that—that that was my whole thing. It's just I just I hated school. I I never wanted to be. I I hated like clicks and trying to be cool and this person's the cool and you're not and like I dude I hated all that stuff. I um no I viewed school as honestly as just a big obstacle in the way of doing what I wanted to do. I just I knew early on, like fifth, sixth grade, that what I was going to end up doing for my life would be very unconventional. Like I remember just like looking around school classrooms and going, "I'm whatever this thing is that keeps this sea of people all going in this direction. I want to be walking the uh, opposite way of all these people. I don't want ordinary. I don't want standard." And school felt to me very much like let's just beat the living standard into you and then send you out into the workforce. And so, like, I figured that out very early on, and I just, I, I, I just, I, I tuned it all out. Hear that kid standing at the bus stop? You don't have to do anything at school today. Stansberry, pff, he didn't do anything either. You're going to make a success out of Here's yourself. the thing. You can, but I had to live in my car for a while, too. So, you only see the good. But, dude, I, I've said this to people a thousand times. Movies make, like, chasing your dreams look romantic. Chasing your dreams isn't romantic. Most times, you're just sad and broke. That's just the truth of it. I loved going to school, dude. I uh, I was always excited. I'm like, dude, all my friends are going to be there. It'll be something to do all day. I kind of wish, like, dude, I was like, it's not like it matters anyway. I, I'm much like you. I've never tried it anything. So I was just like, dude, at least my friends are here. I don't have to hang out with my brother all day. Like, See, like, dude, my brother was like the king of my school. Like, he was like the king of Twinsburg. And so, like, I got there. Like, he played baseball, basketball, football. Was like a star athlete, all this stuff. And I was like, yeah, I don't do any of that. And so I just, I, I, I always felt inside my brother's shadow. 
and I just was like, yeah, just dude, just get me out of here. Turn and burn. That's why I do this. Is I was just trying. I honestly think it was like I'm still trying to get my parents' attention. Stop paying attention to David. I matter too. Like I think that's a lot of it. Like my brother was like the king of the school, and I wasn't. And so like I honestly I just kind of hated it, and I spent most of my time. Probably in the parking lot getting stoned with my loser friends. See, that sounds awesome to me, though. At least I had that <laughs> opportunity. I was like, yeah, dude, I am going to go get stoned in the parking lot. Don't go to the parking lot today at school and be like, well, Stansbury said well. that's what he did. Don't do it. My life didn't turn out that great. We're getting paid tonight, and I already want my next paycheck. <laughs> Late things didn't turn out so great. We have Green Day tickets. We'll take caller 15 right now. 1-800-243-7625. 1-800-243-7625. We'll take number 15, send you to Green Day. That's a week from today. And I was wrong. The rest of you were right. That's next on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sands Ray Show. Rock 106.9, 8 o'clock. We'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. Also, send you out to Las Vegas for the iHeartRadio Music Festival. DJ Khaled, Miley Cyrus, David Guetta, Harry Styles, Chris Stapleton, The Weeknd, Coldplay, bunch of others. Your first keyword happens 8 a.m. on the Sandsbury Show. Star-studded lineup right there. It is indeed. Jeez. It's also a trip to Vegas. Yeah. Coldplay, I'll be going for Christmas. It's been too long. So I have uh, I have dug my heels on this very subject on this program. All right. And I have defended my stance... And I have screamed from the mountaintops about, I'm right, and the rest of you are wrong. And of course, it's come back to bite me in the ass. Yeah, that happens sometimes. When you speak in definitives, it's like, well... Sooner or later, somebody's going to disprove that. Right, sooner or later. So it turns out, the rest of you are right, and I am wrong. Research done by Blanco Technology Group found... That Android phones, Android smartphones, are by far the more reliable device between Apple and Android. Wow, dude! Of all the things that you could have went with there, this was the last, the last. This would I would have thought this is the last hill you would stand on and die with. I thought it was gonna be like, yeah, dude, Game of Thrones sucks. Sorry, I was wrong there, but no, dude, you're gonna you're gonna let Android take it. Let me hear it. Which, by the way, last night Game of Thrones. It was kind of a snooze fest. Really? Yeah, I know everybody's going to love it because she lit a couple of people on fire with the dragons. But, dude, come on. It's over. It okay. is. It's over. Okay. Okay. It's it's like legitimately, it's like, oh, my God. Just wrap it up. The Blanco Technology Group says that Android phones are by far the more reliable uh, device. Typical Apple issues reportedly include overheating, apps not working right, and problems with their headphones. Androids tend to encounter camera, battery, and USB issues. Of the Android phone makers, uh, the Blanco Group's research indicated Samsung products were often the most problematic of the Android phones. Which is weird because, to me, it seems like they're the most popular of the Android phone. Everybody always tells me, oh, do you got to get a Samsung phone? Yeah, get a Galaxy S8. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's what they right. say. And... So I, I'm interested in this right now because I'm up for renewal in September. And my phone, they know what they're doing with these phones now. Oh, they yeah, they last exactly how long they're supposed to last. And because, like, my, I have to charge my phone like six times a day now. Like, it just dies. And I could have bought one, but it's like, nah, dude, I'm not, you're not getting more money out of me than what you're supposed to get out of me. And you're right. I, I remember it was probably five years ago. I went to a guy, uh, 
you know, the cell phone store. And I'm like, hey, man, my phone started to act crazy. And he's like, how old is it? And I said, two years. And he's like, yeah. He's like, they just start blowing up. Oh, after it's, that. I mean, think about it. It's a clock, essentially. It's a number in right. there. They, they can put a timer in there to stop doing whatever they want it to do. And they it, know how to get you back in the store. And that kind of seems to apply across the board. I've had iPhones two years in. It's like, oh, dude, this is starting to suck. I've had droids two years in that started to suck. I think it's backroom deals with all those companies. Like, if we all get together and screw over everybody, then we all win. Well, what are we going to do? As, right. the, as the phone-addicted public, as the people who cannot Just stop give it checking to me, Facebook. Man. Right. I mean, what are we going to do? We're going to give you $900. <laughs> so I'm due for my upgrade in September. I don't even know what the date is, but it's sometime in September, so I'm pretty close. And I don't know what to do here because I have been an Apple phone person, but I'm sick of going to shows or going to something like the camera's more important to me now on my phone than the phone is. I don't talk on the phone ever. Like if people call me, I'm not answering the phone. And what is is, is the Apple phone any better than the Android phone? I mean, welcome to phone versus phone. But like if you and I go to the same event, we're standing next to one another. We take the same exact photo. Your photo looks better. It just does. Apple makes terrible phone. Like they make terrible cameras. I hear they've updated them in the new phones and this and that, but... I just, I've never seen a photo taken on an iPhone that looked as good as it does on the Android phones. That's the one slight that I'll give people. Now, I'm a little surprised by this just because there's one iPhone. Apple makes one phone and it's the iPhone. Now, there's obviously different variations of it, but like there's a billion different droids. I mean, you know, and it's not just Samsung exclusive. There's Nokia and there's all these different companies that make droids. I would have just thought the crappy droids would be enough to kind of weigh the the averages down. Yeah, like the budgetary. Now, are they looking at are they looking at upper echelon droids versus the iPhone? Because if that's if that's the case, it okay, d- it doesn't say here, but my guess is they're going to compare apples to apples. You would have to assume. There. I would think. Excuse the pun. I didn't even try to. Do I, I did not. I did not even try to do apples that. to apples. I saw. I keep seeing the the the. There's another phone that's out there. Is it Motorola, maybe, who makes this phone and the hook now with the TV commercial is will give you all the the mods and like you can have a projector mod and it's all Uh, these other things that that you snap on top of your phone. And they're like trying to like the commercial is like, isn't this cool? And it's like, it's cool that I'm going to have to carry a purse to to carry all my phone mods with me. If you have those options, if you are somebody who's like, dude, I want a projector, you're not going to be able to mod an iPhone to do that regardless. You you have no options there. So at least with the droid, and that's the thing that I will always have kind of given them credit for is that like you can, you know, not all droids, obviously there's different, different versions, but like, you know, even if it's not your thing, like why do I need ex? You know, why do I need extended memory, or why need why do I need that? Well, just because you don't, somebody else might. And like, if if that's okay for you, where it's like, no, I just want the stock iPhone, and that's what I'm taking. But that's what you're getting with a Droid. If you do want to customize it to yourself, even if you think that's stupid, I understand why somebody else might need that. The world's changed. Like I was always iPhone heavy because I really liked iTunes. Well, now I don't use iTunes anymore. Like I don't. Nobody owns music anymore. No, no. I like owning my music. I hate streaming, but I. Uh, but you know, iHeartRadio does. They have everything. Does it well. They they do it very well. So like, I don't necessarily need to own my music anymore. So like, if that's not going to be the thing, like, because I always felt like iTunes was a better music storage thing than anything I ever found with Google. 
or or Android or whatever, the, whoever owns all that or whoever's doing all the technology for that. Like at the end of the day, I always felt like iTunes was a much more stable music storage program than anything else, like Google Play and all that stuff. I always hated all that stuff. So I'm I'm worried I'm gonna have buyer's remorse again in September. I'm like, nah, dude, let's go over to Android, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna be without my iPhone and be like, why did? Because every time I leave Apple, I always feel like a guy that cheated on his wife. Why did I do this? I'm gonna get caught. No matter what, you're going to feel that way if you get the iphone you're gonna be like damn oh, it son of a bitch i think i'm up for i'm up for a new phone too i think i'm gonna go with that google pixel yeah people seem to like those mm, and i just feel like dude time to throw a, a wild card in there i feel and like google knows i mean they're on top of their game exactly like, i already trust google with everything i'm just like you know what that's i think that's where i'm going I know a lot of people are anti-Google right now because apparently they're suppressing monetized videos on YouTube and like okay, all this other right. stuff. But I don't, I haven't seen proof of that, so I'm not gonna boycott. I don't know. It, can you boycott Google anymore? Yeah, I don't good even luck. Know, I don't even know if you're allowed. Like. <laughs> I think you got to raise your hand and ask Google for permission first. Like they already have like all my information, and everything else. So like, I, I yeah, I, I don't know why I would be going against that. So the Pixel, huh? I'm thinking, That's what you're thinking. I'm thinking, we'll see. Yeah, dude, let's go to uh, maybe we'll go to sales today after the show. Maybe we'll do a two for one. This is the Stansberry yeah. show for the Google Pixel. Maybe that's a good idea. Maybe, dude, I'm I'm on the good idea train. Stansberry, he's I'm the idea it. guy over here. <laughs> I, I, I think I think I'm on it. Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com joins us next after you get hooked up with a trip for two out to Las Vegas for the iHeartRadio Music Festival. Please relax. This will be painless. The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you guys, Stansberry here. There are very few things in life more frustrating than when you take great care of your car and some idiot in traffic smashes all into it. If you've been in a collision, whether it be big or small, North Canton Collision is who you call. North Canton Collision is an insurance claim specialist. They repair every make and every model. North Canton Collision also has 24-hour towing. They have on-site rental cars and state-of-the-art paint technology. And every repair at North Canton Collision comes with a lifetime warranty. Find North Canton Collision located on the corner of South Main and Rose Lane in North Canton. Or call my buddies Jeff, Alex, Woody, or Jason for a no-cost estimate at 330-499-5171 or visit NorthCantonCollision.com. Rock 106.9. And welcome back to the Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9 just sent somebody out to Vegas for the iHeartRadio Music Festival. Your next keyword happens at 9 a.m. on the program. 8 o'clock Monday. You know what that means. Joining us every week, as he does, is Scott from WinningForNextYear.com. My man, how are you this weekend? Or Monday, I mean. Doing. No, I'm all right. Doing, doing, doing well, all things considered. You I, know, uh, given, given everything that went down this weekend. Yeah, kind of crummy, weekend, but, right? you know, trying to. Keep a keep a cooler head. And let's jump right into the sports for uh, <laughs> uh, as we have you. I'm going to start here with the Indians. His fan tone told me this morning that Corey Kluber is now chasing down Randy Johnson. And I want to ask you this question, Scott. If baseball were bigger today than it sits right now, popularity-wise, would Indians fans be sitting here thinking, if we don't win a title with Corey Kluber... It's almost as egregious as not winning a title with LeBron James. No, because I mean, one in I mean, basketball is uh is I mean, one in five. It's a players' league, very very top heavy. Okay. Um, you know, I I think your 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 window and 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 factor in baseball is so random um, that you know you could even have the best players, the best team, and not win in a given year because of. Those, that kind of variance in the in the way that okay. baseball just has weird outcomes. Um, I will say that Corey Kluber would be 
much more popular uh, throughout the rest of the country if, one, baseball was held in the same regard it was back in the 90s, and two, uh, Corey Kluber was a big a-hole. I mean, if you look at the list that of players he is among now, it's Nolan Ryan, Pedro Martinez, and Randy Johnson, some of the best pitchers right. in, in the history of our, our generation of baseball. And But they're also some of the biggest red asses in the history of baseball, you know, throwing inside. I mean, Randy Johnson hit a bird and was pissed at the bird. <laughs> you know, like like those, like, yeah. the, like that kind of stuff. That's true. And you know, I think if if Corey was at that level, and the and the and MLB could figure out a way to market him, he'd be much bigger, and we'd have a bigger you know feeling about that. But in terms of the LeBron thing, I just don't think it's there given given the comparison in sports. I don't think Corey wants to be marketed. You know what I mean? Like even in his car commercial that he does, it's just like they they play into that whole thing that he's just kind of like ho hum. It's just like some guys are are marketing beasts and some guys aren't, and Corey Kluber just isn't. It's just not who he is. Yeah, no, I think you know he's um, you know he's he's very private. Um, you know, I think some of, if you even if you look through some of the social media stuff, rarely is it about baseball. It's like or his wife will post a picture of like him blowing out a birthday cake. Right. You know what I mean? Like he's just a dude who happens to be able to have some of the best control of of a of a, of a cut fastball. Um, you know that I've seen in a very very long time. So you know I'm glad we have him. Uh, you know in Cleveland. Uh, you know he's the kind of guy who will win you playoff games just by himself because you could throw him out there and you can count on almost getting. Seven plus eight plus solid innings of of two three hit baseball, um, you know. But you know, yesterday or this, you know, it obviously took a, a little bit of heroics from you know Austin Jackson and stuff. But right. uh, you know, and I, I don't know if he got the win on the you know from a from a win loss standpoint, and that kind of stuff kind of goes against you when you are comparing yourself to you know Randy Johnsons and Nolan Ryan's and Pedro Martinez's of the world, where the win stat was still a big deal. But other than that, I mean, if we if we're just living in the now. Um, you know, he's easily one of the best pitchers in baseball, and he's he happens to be a Cleveland Indian. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at Corey Kluber, and, you know, it, he obviously has put himself into that upper echelon. I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens from this point forward when it comes to his career. But when you are chasing down Randy Johnson, you're doing something right. So you're right. It's great to have him in an Indians uniform, and it's obviously great to have Andrew Miller in an Indians uniform as well. Uh, what's the word on his rehab? Should we expect him back out on the mound soon? Is it going to take a little bit of time, or what's going on? I don't know if you saw his new mustache, um, but not only is he like six seven scraggly with with a mustache, but yeah, no, it sounds like he's he should be on track. Um, you know, the good news is I think the team, and I, I'm not speaking for them or have no inside intel here. Um, the, as long as this winning keeps up, um, you know, I think they have the ability to let make sure it's perfect and make sure he's ready for you know for the fall. Um, you know, I know there are a lot of people concerned when he went down and, you know, we had, they had a lot of injuries at this time as well. And the bullpen wasn't exactly doing very well. Brian, Sean, Cody Allen have been shaky. Uh, you know, Nick Goody got smacked around the other day, you know, so when that kind of stuff happens, it's like, oh man, when's Andrew Miller coming back? But thankfully, you know, when you, when you win, you know, against Tampa, the way they did, um, you know, it kind of stretches things out a little bit. So uh, by all indication, it's just some rest. Um, and he he should be back, but again, all indication is a vague term when it comes to the Indians because they're not exactly super transparent with their you know the, with the way with the way injuries kind of creep up. I mean, the Andrew Miller thing we thought at first was just uh, you know some precautionary rest, and it turns out it's something that had been bothering him for weeks that we didn't know about. So 
hopefully, uh, you know, things are well. But I would assume we, we would be hearing more, um, you know, if it were not. We're going to shift gears over to uh, basketball now because uh, since the last time we have spoke with you, the word came out that Kyrie Irving went days without speaking with teammates during the playoff run. And I just wasn't sure, is that more common than we know and we're just hearing about this because people know there's problems with Kyrie or LeBron? Or is this as weird as it feels to me? Uh, I think both. The, you know, I think it's more common, but the issue that, that, that's, that was weird to me is if you think to, to the championship run season, um, you know, these guys were watching a, you know, other games in the houses of each other, like all 15 of them were, were getting together, and you saw you know, Snapchats of, of Deli and Channing Fry in the back of Ubers and you know, all this stuff where you know, they were on their way to Kevin Love's house for the night to watch basketball or on their way to LeBron's or on their way to wherever. And you know, so for that to be the case two years ago, and then this year to be the case where players can fall off the grid for days at a time, that's what's weird to me. I'm not saying that you know every team is together all the time, and there's you know these guys are talking to one another, and it's a whole big thing. But you never know what other teams do. But for this team to uh, to have that happen was it was a bit weird for me, especially given how big of a piece Kyrie Irving is. I um I just think it's weird. I, I you know I, I said this morning, I think. He won his title early. He knows he can title chase later on in his career. And I think he just wants a piece of his career now where people can't go, but yeah, LeBron. But yeah, LeBron. And I think he just wants to kind of play. I think he's wrong about it, but I think that's his motivation. The Browns also played, uh, I believe, since the last time we spoke. And I, I know they're, they're, they're saying they're going to sit Kaiser, but they're not going to be able to sit Kaiser. When is Kaiser going to be the starter of the Cleveland Browns? <laughs> If it's not the beginning of the season, um, it, it won't be long. Um, I can't see how they could go if they do start Brock Osweiler. Well, for, for, so for the record, Cody Kessler's done as as I think as the as the potential starter in my okay. estimation. Saving saving injuries, regardless of what happens um, between now and the and the start of the season, I do think it, it will be a Brock Osweiler to Sean Kaiser race. Um, that said. You know, it does sound like they want Brock to be the guy, and that's not that's not that they want Deshaun Kaiser to regress. If they would like Brock to clearly be the starting quarterback, this way they have the ability to throw him out there, let let Kaiser kind of get more reps and and, and so and what have you. Um, the interesting part is, even though Kaiser's been running with the third team in practice, he's still running with the ones offensively. So he he would. You know when Osweiler would take the you know first reps with the first team offense, Kaiser right. um, Kessler would come in with the second unit. When Kaiser came in third, it was again they put the first team offense back out. So they they want him to get the reps with the first team offense. I mean I, I'm not trying not to read too much into you know one game, but they didn't look bad for a kid taking his first snaps as, a, as an NFL quarterback and. You know again I go back he to last week lost. where I feel they want him to start and want to hand the ball off a ton. But they they also want to make sure he's ready, and it's it's if so if Brock is the quarterback, you know you don't want to throw him out there against the Steelers. You know you look at the you look at the schedule and you're trying to figure out when a good time to deploy him will be. But it'll be very very hard to be the head coach of this team if they start if they start zero and four, and 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 Deshaun Kaiser's on the bench just kind of just kind of rusting away. So 
I don't I don't think it'll be very very long um you know into the fall if he if he doesn't get to start week 1. I I was plenty you know and I continue to be plenty skeptical about the Cleveland Browns but uh, you know Sansbury mentions that he didn't look lost out there and I think that alone It's a huge step for right a was was a great yeah. was a great building block. That's, that's where the bar is. Right. And, and the, well that's what Dak had. Right. That's what everybody said about <laughs> Dak Prescott is like say what you want it's it's preseason but like he looks like he is supposed to be there. There was a point he you could see the pocket collapsing around him and he reacted well to that. I feel like he went through his progressions well. And really, that is the start. That's right. the building block right there. Um, somebody who's a little bit more game prepared uh, would be one Mr. Miles Garrett. Um, do you feel that the Cleveland Browns are now justified in taking him in the number one overall position? I mean, I, they were justified the day they took him, in my opinion. Um, I was on the Miles Garrett train from, from day one. Um you know, it's dangerous to do that because you could fall flat on your face. But in the same regard, I mean, the kid is legit. Um, you know, there, you know, he was, yeah, I know he was only credited with like one hurry and one sack or, or what, or, you know, one tackle, one tackle for loss yeah. or whatever. But he was in the backfield every play. I was going to say, those and, are deceiving. What's that? I, I was saying, those kind of stats are deceiving because he's, he, he's, he's contributing to things that you don't necessarily get the stat for. Like you don't always know what those guys. I, I'm saying Miles Garrett had a much bigger impact than what that stat line says. Yeah, even the like the the ball that was almost picked off by Christian Kirksey, that was because Miles Garrett drove his offensive lineman into the back of the quarterback. You know when that when that right. when that play happened. I mean, and, and like that kind of stuff to see from a rookie is awesome because I mean, I know we're trying to you know expect this kid to you know have 12, 13 sacks this year. Rookies typically don't do very well, um, you know, in that in that regard. And like I think uh, Khalil Mack might have had six, so you know, something along those lines. And he's clearly one of the best players in all of football. But I, I do think we have the ability to see a player who can, you know, reach beyond that this year. Um, you know, he's going to be on the field every down. You know, in this Greg Williams defense, he doesn't, you know, given his physical abilities, he doesn't seem to fatigue very easily, which is huge given how much this defense is going to be on the field. Sure. Um, but I mean, there's, I'm so excited to watch this kid play and yeah, I mean, there's, there's no way that the Browns one should have even considered passing up on him, but two, um, you know, they're, they're much more than justified in in having made that pick. I have one more thing for you before I let you go and we have to be quick here, but I, I, all I ever hear about is how the offensive line is that much better. They address the offensive line, the offensive line. It's going to be the second best offensive line in the NFL, which is crazy. They probably won't even be the second best offensive line in the AFC, but that's all I ever hear about, right? Line, the line, the line's so much better. If the line is that much better, how is Cam Irving up for a starting position on that offensive line? Because if it's that good, Cameron Irving shouldn't be anywhere near it. Uh, well, he, the, he will, I, I agree with you that he should not be anywhere near it. Um, he Can't was just be that playing because Joe, Joe Thomas wasn't. So they needed someone to yeah, but even to throw that left tackle spot. But I do think, I, even if they're saying he has the ability to potentially play right right tackle, I do think that'll be Sean Coleman. Um, okay. You know, I just think that just it. Maybe they're trying to make him feel like there's something worth playing for. I don't know okay. um, because they need some. They need something with this kid. I. I had, you know, the first year it was, okay, maybe he's playing out of position. The second year, oh, he just needs to gain some repetitions at one position and gain some strength. And then now, in year three, I mean, he single-handedly stalled the first, the opening drive, right. you know, of, of that game. And, and that's bad. That's really bad. And, you know, I don't know what the answer is with him. And I, I, I don't know if his guarantees are such where he's just going to make the team because it's going to cost too much to get rid of him. 
but I don't think he's very long for this team. And and given that, I can't see how they would put him as a starting right tackle over a kid who has a lot more promise than Sean Colton. Uh, normally not long for the Browns team means normally not long for the NFL because if you can't make this squad, what the hell are you doing in the league? That's Scott from winningfornextyear.com. Thanks so much, man. We'll talk to you again next Monday at 8. Take care, guys. Be good. Fantone, people are doing weird things with their one-night stands. Okay. They're doing something really weird with them. We'll tell you what that is next on Rock 106.9. Please relax. This will be painless. The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Hey, guys. It's Stansberry here. Over the weekend, I was posting pictures on my social media accounts on my Honda Accord, and it's because I love that car. It wasn't that long ago. I was driving a car, and I was like, man, is this thing going to break down on the side of the road? If you're in that situation, I have good news. The Wacom Auto family has put a huge selection of their pre-owned vehicles on sale for you. Right now at Wacom.com or on the Wacom Auto Mile at West Tuscan Lincoln Way between Canton and Maslin, you can find a 2016 Honda Accord for just over $19,000. Just over 21,000 miles, it comes also with a Honda Certified Pre-Owned Warranty, which is 7 years, 100,000 miles. That 2016 Honda Accord on the Wacom Auto Mile also has a sunroof, a backup camera, which I constantly use mine. 106.9 And welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Another trip to Las Vegas happens at 9 o'clock this morning. Your next keyword for the iHeartRadio Music Festival happens at 9 a.m. Go check out The weekend. Chris Stapleton, Pink, 30 Seconds to Mars, plenty others. 9 a.m., get your next keyword. People are doing weird, weird things with their one-night stands. Now, I know a lot of you are married or in committed relationships, so one-night stands aren't part of what you're doing right now. But you remember what they are. You remember what it was like. And this is all about, like, how do you feed the one-night stand? Do we go out to dinner? And it's, like, that's not a one-night stand. Yeah, if you're going out, or even, like, really, like, taking her needs into consideration, at that point, you are kind of getting out of, like, a one-night stand. It's Dude, one-night stand is, to me, this is my definition, okay? One-night stand is you met that night right, in a social setting. Right. You end up in her house, your house, hotel, car, whatever. Right. You bang, and you leave. Right. And you never see each other again. Um, that is a one-night stand. Spend the night, still a one-night stand, leave in the morning, though. Like, I get up, I put my clothes, I'm like, God, I gotta get out of here. Gotta go. Stand? Okay. Yeah, if you pass out in the bed, or you're not gonna drive drunk and leave okay. in somebody's okay. house, I'm not gonna, not, I'm not gonna be like, that's not a one-night stand, doesn't count, you didn't drive drunk. Like, no, like, <laughs> you know what <laughs> okay. I mean? Like, I'm not gonna stand on weird ills. Okay. But one-night stand is a one-night stand. Yes. If you're trying to have a meal with somebody, have sex with them, and not be in a relationship, that, to me, is a friends with benefits type situation. Right. At the very least, like, you're getting into the territory of dating. I'm sorry, you can say- Meal it. implies relationship date. that's a date like well whether you want to say this is my boyfriend girlfriend whatever but that's a date like right it's some uh, sort of relationship if you're going out ish. in public together if you're even like i said even if you're like even if it's like food at home you're still doing something together that isn't just banging like, it out if you cook like this is one of the things there's well i guess you could just make the food at home if i I'm going to cook for a one night stand? That doesn't seem no, like a one not. night stand. No, I'm not. Like this is where this is where the this gets screwed up. It's like people screw up like the words and right. people misuse words all the time. One night stand is you met in the middle of the night, probably tequila drunk. Buzzman, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. you have the sex okay. and then you never speak to one another ever again. That is a one night stand. Anything other than that is either a relationship or a friends with benefits issue. No, I think a one night stand 
could turn into something. It's what? still a one night stand, but like if you're doing it prior to the to the event, it, then that's definitely not. Like you can have a one night right. stand. She leaves, and then three days later, she's like, "Oh, I found you on Facebook. Hey, let's go out on a date." See, you get that? Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe I could see that. I for me, it's like the meal thing is this is like if you're going to schedule it. No, who schedules a one-night stand? Right. Hey, let's go to Olive Garden, have sex the one time, Jeez. and then never speak. Just all that never-ending pasta, and then you guys are going to bang it out. That's going to turn out bad, dude. <laughs> that is. I'm sorry, but dude, the, the OG, not where you want to be before a one-night stand. Ah, dude, sometimes you got to carve up before a workout. <laughs> you know, it's not a marathon. Sometimes, well, sometimes it can be. But like nobody pre-schedules a one-night stand. That makes no sense to me. Hey, you're putting a lot of thought into something that's supposed to be very, you know, uh, in the moment. For the record, I'm not sure friends with benefits totally works either. That's why, dude, casual sex, honestly, is best with one-night stands. Is because it's like your mistake goes away. You don't have to deal with it. Where friends with benefits, and maybe this is just my experience with this, right? I'm sure there are people who have navigated this perfectly. But for me, it always turns out one person likes the other person a little bit more than they're willing to admit. Yep. Somebody always gets hurt a little. Yep. And and you don't even realize it's going to happen until that other person is like, oh yeah, I'm going out with so-and-so tonight. And you're like, well, wait a minute, we just had sex yesterday. And it's like, well, yeah, that's what friends with benefits means. It means you have sex and occasionally she or he is going to have sex with somebody else. Yeah, it sounds silly to say that like having a meal with somebody, which is a pretty casual thing, Implies I mean, I'd more. go to lunch with you today, and I'm not going to sleep with you. Right, but it does. But imp- it implies more. But that, I mean, like, obviously, what we have is not a sexual or romantic. But it's relationship, a relationship. But we have some sort of a relationship sure. together. So once you get into that, once you start crossing those bridges of like, oh well, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to feed you, or I'm going to do this, and then it's like, well, dude, you are getting into something different there. Now you've been in your relationship three years, correct? When's the last time before that you had a one night stand? Um, probably three and a half years ago. So right before your relationship, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, not yeah. too much, not too much before my relationship started. I uh, I had one of those. Uh, I think it was when I first moved here. Right, it was my last one of. Like, I try not to do those so much anymore. Yeah, you get older, and it just it seems like a lot, and especially like in the concept of a one night stand. At well, your nobody house. can do it anymore either because of Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, and everybody like stalks you the next day. It's like nobody just nobody just has sex with you and leaves anymore. No, they either shame. blog about it or they track it down. It's just like, dude, honestly, dude, being single sucks. In, in, like, it's the worst. I, I was always concerned when it was at my house. I'm always like, dude, I don't know this chick. I don't trust this chick. I how, can't fall asleep right, here. How am, I, how am I supposed to? Right. I, you know, so. No, you're, dude, your boy likes road games. As you he, as he get older, it just turns into like. I like going into Oracle. Dude, your boy puts up big numbers on the road. I, uh, Dude, I'm a road. I am a road player. I have a list of benefits that will head your way. And all you have to do is skip a product we all love. I'll tell you what it is next on The Stansberry Show. Please relax. This will be painless. The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. And welcome back to The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9, 9 o'clock. We'll send you out to Vegas for the iHeartRadio Music Awards. Coldplay, The Weeknd, Chris Stapleton, Pink, plenty of others. Your next keyword, 9 a.m. on Rock 106.9. We'll continue it all day, too. Get another one at 11. 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5 p.m., 6, and then 8 o'clock, your final keyword of the day. Jeez. Yeah, lots of them. From the Stansberry Show to Nikki Six. That's right. Getting you hooked up. You know, that's not a bad piece of imaging maybe to run on the radio yeah. station throughout the day. Yeah. So, no one should be shocked to find out that there would be some benefits 
to giving up drinking a ton of alcohol or even a little bit, to be honest with you. And I've said this before, and it's true. Alcohol essentially is small doses of poison. That's essentially what you're doing, right? It's putting poison in your body. But these are some benefits and some things that will happen to your body when you give up drinking alcohol. According to the National Cancer Institute, alcohol has been linked to an increased risk for cancers of the mouth, liver, colon, and the rectum. So from when it goes in to when it goes out, your uh, your body's kind of getting yep. kind of kind of getting ravaged there. Those risks, Fantone, will obviously go up the more you drink, the more right, the heavier the risk. They say, but on the other hand, multiple studies have shown moderate alcohol consumption may lower your odds of heart trouble. More research even suggests that your risks for stroke, diabetes, and mortality may all rise slightly when you give up booze, assuming that you were a light drinker before you quit. So some of that stuff may actually go up. You know, I, I feel like when they throw these justifications on the end of it, where it's like, where if it's a, if you were a light, you know, drinker before you quit, and you have this kind of heart condition, and it's like people are going to hear that and just be like, dude, doesn't matter, I can booze my ass. I'm a off. light drinker. Oh, they said right. they said they said red wine can reduce can reduce you know heart risk attempts. And I blah, know. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like Jesus Christ, dude. The, the 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 mental gymnastics that people will do to justify their addiction, poor behavior, boggles you my mind. It's hilarious. They say here when you give up alcohol, you're mood may take a hit there will be times when you feel like you're missing out FOMO they call that fear of missing out and that can make you testy angry and a little bit of that you feel like your friends are still having fun you're not because you gave up the booze and again I feel like if you decided you needed to give up drinking as much as you did and you're not having fun or you're not able to enjoy your life I would say that you're probably addicted at that Problem. Point. Yeah. Um, I will say that there is a little bit of that, and I don't know if it's fear of missing out, because at this point in my life, I know I'm not going to go out and all of a sudden like enjoy the bars again like I did when I was 23. I know that's not the reality of it, but there is a piece of no, me. No, you're not. There Trust is, me. There is a piece of me, and I'm very happy in my relationship. I'm very happy with my life that I have right now, but there's that little piece of me that's always like, It'd be fun to kick up, right? Kick up the dust. Kick, once. kick the dust up one time to get it they going would. again. Yeah. And like you know, I, you know, it's not to say that I don't go out and do that, but it's it's much like you know, I used to work as a waiter at a million different restaurants, and there will be times, and I'll miss that, and I'll think to myself, like, dude, no, you don't. If you had to go do that right now, you would enjoy it for yeah, a but half that's an hour, the key. and then you'd hate it. But that's the key of why you would hate it if you had to do it. Right? There if are you're just things. Going out there there right. are things in there that would be fun. Right. It just. But if you had to if do I was it in that situation, it changes right. it at that point. They say if you give up booze, you're gonna have more money. Obviously, drinking is 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 really expensive. It really is, especially if you're doing it in public. Yeah. I know you can get drunk at home on the cheap, but that's not really what you want. Yeah, I mean, it's a social lubricant for a reason. And even if you are drinking at home, number one, that can quickly add up. Um, And I I will say I've always kind of viewed of the vices I indulge in. Alcohol was always one of those ones. It was very easy to get away from me at the bar where it was like, Jesus Christ, dude, $150 on this tab? Oh, do you turn around and buy buy a round of shots? Right. That's 60 bucks right there. I mean, you can, I mean, it can be very, very expensive to drink in the bar. They say here, giving up the booze will clear your skin up. Within a few days of cutting out the alcohol, you'll notice your skin looking and feeling more hydrated. Oh yeah, I I can always remember and and like this would be after a night of like binge drinking where I would feel super dehydrated and that's like your muscles being sore and all yeah. that. So I'm not surprised to find out that would help your skin. They say here, uh, 
alcohol causes you to urinate more, which then is it is pulling your hydration back right. out of your body. Alcohol will also decrease the body's production of a certain hormone, which helps the body reso- uh, reabsorb the water. Less water in the body equals dry-looking skin there. So your skin will actually start to look better uh, when you give up the booze. Now, I used to be a pretty heavy drinker. When I did afternoons, I drank about six nights a week. I mean, wow. we were we were in the bar. Oh, dude, the wow. amount. I mean, I had $2,000 a month bar tabs wow. routinely. Jesus I mean, it just, I, dude, for a while, dude, back in the afternoon days, it was crazy. Hard like, not to with that schedule. Yeah. I mean, that that's that's one of the great. Money was coming in faster than I could spend it. The schedule lended itself to staying out late. It just, I mean, honestly, it, dude, it was wild. Now, you know, we could play the cards differently, but one of the beautiful things about mornings is that, like, bars are Keeps me in line. Right. You got to be in bed at 8, 9 o'clock. I like, now, or you can just not care about your job and drink all night and do mornings <laughs> that way. What up, Chuck Booms? I, decide, I decided to go I decided to go another way. Now, you and I could play our cards and say, you know what, dude? We're going to get hammered at the bar at noon. And A still lot be in of, bed. yeah. But, dude, that's. I don't know. That's just not the same to me. Like, you can go and sit at a happy hour, but it's not the same as, like, the nighttime bar. It's not. Now, I like happy hour now, but if you would have asked me, you know, when I could go out late at night, I'd be like, who the hell wants to drink when it's daylight? Right. Like, I want to go out. Obviously, another thing that will happen when you give up the booze is you will lose a bunch of weight. Alcohol has a sneaking way of uh, increasing your daily calorie intake, and it's because alcohol heightens all your senses. Mm -hmm. So you think things taste better. You think you're hungrier than you are. It heightens every sense you have. And you don't necessarily care as much. You're just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, fast food. I don't care. I'm drunk. Um, and I mean, anytime you're drinking your calories, whether that's pop, mm-hmm. whether that's, you know, a, a frappe from Starbucks or it's a it's a Miller Lite, you know, your body is going to count those calories in the count. You're not necessarily going to feel full off of them. Right. So you're just drinking. Them out. Yeah, that's total waste. It's like soda, very much right. like soda the same way they say here, drinking alcohol or when you give up alcohol, it's going to make you crave sugar. Now, I don't know if you've ever been close to somebody who was an addict of any kind, but when they they go into the program is what they call it and when they get out and they're trying to stay sober those people the transference to sugar is always the thing you can always spot a heroin addict right because they're shoving twinkies in the, or, or for, like a, somebody recovering from heroin because they're just shoving twinkies in their mouth every 10 minutes it's part of that addiction thing you're addicted to something and sugar will release dopamine in the brain and so you're getting what you used to get from booze you're now getting from snacks yeah I mean all that sugar that is in alcohol you has to be replaced somehow so absolutely Chips Ahoy it is. So giving up the booze there. Clear up your skin. Clear up your waistline. A lot of good things. How uh, how did you feel like you kind of walked away from all that? Was it just changing lifestyle and all of a sudden you were like, dude, the bar six times a week is too much? Or It was my job. I, you know, I always say that, you know... I have always maintained that I'm not an ad, that, that I was, that I was not an alcoholic, that I'm a funaholic. I just want to have a good time. Okay. But if it, but if that then, but I've always understood that this is what allows me to have a good time in my life. So right. this has to be the priority. So when I took this job, I was like, okay, Dim, you can't live the way you've lived. And you're getting a little older, so maybe you shouldn't live the way you've been living. And it was really about the fact that I was just like, you know what? I'm getting a second opportunity, third actually, to do my favorite thing in the entire world. 
And I would much rather do that than drink Rolling Rock all night. So you're going to change your life because you're not an addict and because you are, you do have the ability to change your life, that you're going to change it and that you'll drink on the weekend occasionally here and there. And I, I barely do that anymore. Like I, you know, I played golf over the weekend and I stopped at Lobie's on my way home and had a beer with dinner, but I had one beer with dinner and then went home. I mean, that was, I mean, that's it. I just, I just. I don't. I also don't have running mates down here like the way right. I had in Cleveland. Like I just don't have like the dudes to hit the bar with. And at least partially, I mean, a DUI kind of gave you that like shaking of like, like dude, you know you what, to... dude, There's uh, there's been some behavior here that we need to change. Yeah, and I've always said it's okay to make mistakes as long as you don't make the same mistake twice. Because if you make them one mistake and you learn, that's a lesson, and then that will be okay. Over the weekend, uh, we had found out that Ezekiel Elliott, Dallas Cowboys running back, is going to be suspended for six games over some domestic violence. I, of course, now feel as if I can fix the domestic violence issue running rampant in the NFL. My, My fix for this will stop these guys from doing this once and for all. I'll give you that next on Rock 106.9. Ansbury Show on Rock 106.9. And welcome back to the Sansbury Show, Rock 106.9. Just sent somebody else out to Vegas for the iHeartRadio Music Festival. They're going to see Coldplay, The Weeknd, Chris Stapleton, Kesha, Thomas Rhett, some others. Damn. Next keyword happens at 11 a.m. on Rock 106.9. So... I heard over the weekend that Ezekiel Elliott, Cowboys running back, former Ohio State great, is going to be suspended six games for some domestic violence issues. I saw some of the photos over the weekend. I don't I don't know that he did it, but looking at the photos, it does seem like the woman was hit. I mean, for sure. Now, initially, these allegations came up, and the NFL... Um, or not, I'm sorry, the NFL, but the police department said, hey, there's no case here. We're not there's charging. No story. We're not they charging still haven't charged you. them as far as I know. And then the NFL comes in over top and suspends them. Now, it's certainly your right as a business, and the NFL is that, to suspend your employees for, you know, even if they even if they weren't charged with something. It's your right to do so. But I was a little confused about that and, 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 and why the NFL would impose sanctions that weren't Well, and necessary. heavy-handed. Right. And heavy-handed. Six I mean, games. Now, the reason why it was six games, is because the last time this happened when there was video everybody went two games that's it and so like everybody freaked out that two games wasn't enough and then I saw people over the weekend claiming that six games is too many well which is it is two not enough or six too many so somebody asked me well you're talking about it on Twitter so what's your opinion so I'll tell you what my opinion to this man was and he asked me to me it's hitting a woman okay and that to me either feels like a season long you're out for the season right or let's meet in the middle at eight games. That to me feels like the punishment for hitting a woman. I'm not asking to, this isn't smoking joints, right? This isn't Josh Gordon, oh, well, yeah, they smoked weed in the locker room or whatever. This is, you hit a woman. I'm not asking too much out of you. To no. keep your hands to yourself, this is, I, I'm able to do this every day of my life. So you should be able to do this too. If Believe it, me, Rock 106.9 would suspend me longer than a year. Probably fire you, dude. Oh, yeah. No, I would yeah, never I mean, see I would never see the light of another radio station ever again if this yeah, happened. Yeah, I, I, can, I can pretty much say that you'd be fired in that. It and, would never happen. And like I said, I mean, obviously that's your right as an employer to kind of do that as, as you see fit. And honestly, you know, you say a season, there's a part of me that's like, 
dude, in my opinion, if the NFL feels strongly enough about this, then you're fired. Like, not suspended for a season, you are no longer allowed to be a part of this organization, just like any other job could do that. Now, is the NFL going to do that just because that's the way I feel? Not necessarily. No, no but, they're not. But I think that I think if, if you ask me what I think is appropriate, I think if we have proof that you hit a woman in a domestic situation like that, you're gone, dude. Okay. I'm done with you. I mean... I have my opinion on where it is. You're obviously entitled to your opinion on where that is, and I can't necessarily argue with you. It's just, you know, I do think people make mistakes, and maybe you can see the error of your ways, and maybe you could go on, and this and that. I know people are going to take issue. He just said hitting a woman's a mistake. I know people are going to take an issue with that. But I think people do horrible things, and sometimes, sometimes, sometimes can be turned around the other way. But I'm going to fix all of this for the NFL right now. Okay. I'm going to stop domestic violence in the NFL right here right now. Let's do it, dude. Needs to stop. We're going to suspend you games. All right? 2, 6, 8, 16, whatever. But I'm going to make you play. See, because every time a guy hits a woman, they're like, well, he shouldn't get to play. I'm going to make you play. You're gonna you're losing all the money for playing, and I'm going to make you play. Because, right? What? Because well, the NFL's against you, right? They're against you. They're suppressing the, the, the numbers on CTE, right? Okay, well, you smack a woman around, have some free CTE. You still have to go out there every Sunday and at risk for CTE, being paralyzed, anything else that can happen to you, and you don't get the money. So you got to play, and because that's when dudes will stop. If you make them go physically put their body on the line, like a woman's body was on the line, if you make them risk their body and they don't get paid, guess what? These wide receivers and running backs and linebackers will be able to keep their hands to their goddamn selves. Right? Aren't dudes just going to go out there and half-ass it, and then they're going to get sat? Like, Ezekiel Elliott's not going to put forth full effort. He's not going to go out there and, like, try to win that game because... I had not thought of that. He doesn't have, he's not getting paid to do so. He's not getting compensated to do so. So I think you're going to have guys who are going to be like, well, F you, Jerry Jones. I'm not playing for, you know... Uh, yeah, you make me come to practice. You can make me come to the games. But, like, even at that point, why? I mean, screw you, man. I'm not coming to the practice. I think if they had to run the risk of CTE... Right, because it's that big of a problem. If if they were if they have to run the risk of that, and you don't get paid, you should have to play. And honestly, here's the other thing: at that point, then take the gloves off the commentators. So, and when you turn the game on, they can now go Ezekiel, Ezekiel, woman beater, Elliot. Runs for six yards. Take the gloves off the commentators. Let commentators have opinions. That because everybody who says, "Well, you don't, you don't let them play," because then the story overtakes the product of the game. Let the story overtake it. Let them be embarrassed by a commentator. Let Jim Nance run off at the mouth about these dudes, and maybe they'll stop. But you'll never see the NFL sign off on that because you start. I mean, you're not protecting the shield at that point. You've got guys who are out there, you know, with their criminal records, with their, you know. Whatever the allegations are, whatever the, the, the circumstances are, you're going to look like you're empowering criminals to continue that behavior. The NFL ain't going to go for that. No, I know they're not because most because you can't handle it. That's why the NFL won't do it. It's not them. It's you because you see six games and you go, justice served. I guess I can live with it. But if they're on the field, you're going to go, how's that right? They're standing by it. Well, what's the difference? They're going to stand by it in game seven when he walks right back out there and does it. And plays again. Make them play. You don't get paid. Have some have some CTE for free. We'll see how we see. We'll see how loose you feel like getting with those fists when you go home. Then enough of this. I'm not asking too much. It's hitting women. You turd.
I gotta, I was literally, I gotta beg millionaires not to smack women around. I just, I can't for the life of me get this figured out. Make them play, don't pay them. Ever get suspended from school? In school suspension was worse because they made you go. When they gave you out of school suspension, you walked out of the principal's office laughing at that idiot who just gave you exactly what you wanted. Punish them financially and make them risk their bodies. Real punishment stops real crime. More Sansbury Show right around the corner. Hang on. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show. Rock 106.9. Win your way out to the iHeartRadio Music Festival at 11 a.m. on Rock 106.9. Your next keyword, 11 a.m. You'll see DJ Khaled, Miley Cyrus, Kings Leon, slew others. Your next keyword, 11 o'clock on Rock 106.9. We don't get to go. No. I, I No, I asked the boss no. this morning when he got here. I was like, yo, man, any chance we get to go to the iHeartRadio Music Festival? He's like, no, not at all. No, no, I uh, I wouldn't have even asked them. I kind of knew already. It's one of those questions you, you don't even have to ask. I figure somebody might have to carry Nikki Six's luggage. Yeah, figure that maybe that's uh that's my job there, and I'd do it. I would do it to go for sure. I, would. I read this story over the weekend about uh, a couple of old people. They were a couple. They've been married. I don't know, like fifty years or whatever. And uh, one of them died, and then within thirty sad. hours, the other one died. Okay, and. They're going to do something gross, which right. is bury them both in the same casket. Now, I know you're dead, so it doesn't really matter. But Yeah, I was going to say. It just feels wrong. Why? I don't know. I don't like... Well, first of all, you got to remember my take on, on burying people. It's the most egotistical thing you can do. You did not accomplish enough on Earth to take up space when you're dead. You just didn't. Wouldn't this at least somewhat lend to your argument there of like, well, at least I'm, we're not taking up two plots. We're taking up one. Yeah, I mean, that's, I, I, there's a little bit of a benefit there, but I don't want to be stacked. I don't know. I don't want another dead body, I, even though I'm dead. <laughs> I, I don't want say, another dead body. Like, I, no, I, like, here's the thing. I, like, no, I don't want another body stashed in there with me. For the rest of you, it's okay. For the, for the sake of what? For the sake of you or the sake of your family or like who's who's benefiting from that i don't know it just feels weird i mean it's not it's not normal it's not like it's not like it's obviously not the average you know burial there but if you both died within you know certain 30 of hours time of each other right so it's it's not like now i didn't even realize they would do that if they were doing something like all right my husband's been dead for 30 years and after i die i want you to dig up the coffin and throw me in there and then i can you know our bones can rest together that's a little bit stranger i still don't care if that's what you want to do with your dead body dude you do whatever the hell you want with it but the fact that they're both going in there at the same time together I feel like it's almost a little romantic this tweeted in by a guy who i know personally had to, lost his grandfather within like a year and a half or whatever it's okay been now and he says it feels wrong until you realize it's fifteen thousand a person wow jesus yeah i mean dude you're saving money you're saving uh, the, 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 the resources that go into it. I got to be honest with you. I was surprised to find out our government would allow two dead bodies in the same casket. Like that feels very much like a, like one of those things like the health department would have a law of something now, that you don't realize because, well, the government has a thousand laws that we don't need. Sometimes bodies will have to get dug up to like, I mean, if there's like a crime involved or something like that, then maybe I can see why there would be some sort of regulation. But as a whole, 
what it makes zero difference in the world so i don't understand why i would care about this one way or the other this is just my perceptions of it because we've been you know trained our entire lives that one body mm-hmm. goes in one casket that's why i'm having a hard time getting over the fact that would two you, people are crammed in there would you feel better if it was like a side by side dual casket and like you know they each kind of had their own lane place like a man cave in the casket yeah, essentially yeah 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 like a, like it was a queen size mattress size casket so you both had your spot on the bed and you're just laying there next to each other as opposed to on stacked on top of each other? Yeah, I think it's the, the, the stacking of humans on top of one another that, that's weird for me. I, I guess. I mean, you're right. It if, also feels disrespectful a little bit to the people who are still alive. Like, dude, my would, mom didn't matter enough. You just threw her on top of dad and shut the lid. I, I, like I said, I don't, I don't perceive that as didn't matter enough. But I saw that as my mom loved my dad so much that this is what they wanted to do, and this isn't, you know, this isn't a slight towards me or the mourners or anybody here who's 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 been affected. But this is what they wanted to spend the rest of eternity together. So I think it's kind of sweet. I mean, people are already, you know, they're already there's already Weird. side by side, side by side burial plots. So yeah. like, you know, just toss them in there together, and there you go. I would just imagine, isn't dying getting out of the marriage? <laughs> Aren't you just like, dude, made it, woof, beat you? Like, isn't that the feeling? Like, I don't, I just did not want to be. I don't know. I don't, I don't like that. First of all, and again, I'm going to reiterate this: you did not do enough in life to be buried and take up space after you're dead. That is one of the most egotistical, self, selfish things I've ever seen in my entire life. I just, I can't for the life of me figure that out. Like, presidents, and that's about it, right? And outside of that, you don't get to take up, oh, I'm just going to take up space. Yeah, I can't find a place to put all these homeless people. Yeah, but, you know, just, oh. you know, we're, we're going to bury people. It, do, now, is it is it that you feel like we're running out of space in the country? Is it like we don't have? I feel like if, the, if we didn't waste real estate on those, could I not make the argument that there would be more houses and real estate probably wouldn't be as expensive? I don't know, dude. I feel like there's plenty of houses out there. I, I don't I don't know if it's, I don't know if people are like, yo, you well, know. Well, the more of you have of something, the less money it costs. Well, Everything. Uh, right, 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 right. I'm just saying I don't know if it's like the reason they're not building more houses is because they can't find a development. It just feels very like I, if somebody said to me, hey, what we're going to do is we're going to take every cemetery there is and it's now going to be low income housing or we're going to like house the home or we're going to do that's what we're going to build there. I, I would go. Yeah, because those people are alive. And so me personally, I take I, I view the people that are still alive and stuck on this planet as more important as the people who died. I just I'm always going to rank. If you can breathe, you're more important to me than the people who can't. That's just my take on it. There's a video that came out of Canton that's online at WRQK.com. And we have to tell you about this. That's next on Rock 1069. And welcome back to the Sandsbury Show, Rock 106.9. Looking ahead at tomorrow is New Turd Tuesday, brought to you by the Hard Rock Roxino there. You're getting new pink. Your country artist is a guy named Brandon Lay, who I've never heard of. And the song's called Speakers, Bleachers, and Preachers. So that's got to be about high school football in the heartland, right? I would assume. I would imagine so. I would assume everybody's praying over, you know, praying to sweet baby Jesus. Let's let the team get a victory this Friday night. And then you, uh, you'll also get brand new Seether. Betray and Degrade is the name of that. Okay. If you're in a local band, singer, songwriter, artist of any kind would like to be featured on New Turd Tuesday, send me an email, stansbury at wrqk.com. Include a bio on the band, radio edited song, 
and we'd love to play it. How do I get my song played on the radio? Well, New Turn Tuesday, that's how. That's how you do it. Up online right now at WRQK.com is a video somebody sent me early this morning. We didn't get a chance to talk about this yet. But apparently, and don't read into this, I'm just telling you where it happened, but apparently this was over on, on off of Trump Avenue. Mm-hmm. In, uh, what was that? Is that East Canton, technically, is what they call that out there? Dude, I don't know. I don't know. There's seven Township. Is it Jackson? Dude, who knows? Canton South? I've never, I don't know. I've never seen more names for 88,000 people in my entire life. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, over on Trump Avenue, uh, uh, apparently. Or, oh, or, uh, Trump, he's a Nazi! Ex- Trump! Exactly. Trump! I'm, just, I'm just telling you where this happened. I'm not trying to okay. do any of that. But apparently okay. there's a McDonald's over there or something. And a guy sent me this video, and I'm watching it right now, where... There is a police, a sheriff, not even yeah. like a local cop. It's a sheriff. Like, uh, what is it? The, like, the Ford like SUVs that they use? Okay. Like, in the middle of the street, stopped, lights on. Not headlights, like the emergency lights flashing. And there's a guy shirtless in a pair of what looks like sweatpants okay. and house shoes, I believe they're called, okay. who's standing on top of the roof of the car. Then start, like walks down the windshield of it slips and now he's like sitting on like the the hood of the car he's throwing his shoes at other guards going down the street i i can't believe this video he gets off the cop car books down the street tries to get into a another ford that just happens to be driving down the street the cop then comes up drives does a yui the guy now, oh my God, he's climbing on top of that car now. And they speed off and he's holding on to the roof of it, which I don't know. Why are you speeding off? Why You see a cop right there. Just stay put. Um, You're terrified. Somebody's jumping up and down on your car. I don't know. I'd probably try to peel away in that moment too. Yeah, I, I mean, mean I, I guess you don't know. Right. Shout out to the girl with the nice ass walking by the video. And uh, But yeah, the guy's like on the hood of like another car. And like they're driving around with him. Like this guy obviously was on drugs, right? Yeah, and when he when you say driving around, I mean driving a significant I mean a quarter, erratic. Right, like driving around, like not just driving like two feet. I mean, this guy goes a quarter sm- of a mile. He did a know. circle around the entire fast food restaurant where this all started to take place. I hear it was about a McChicken, there is what is, is the rumor that I'm hearing there that it was go. all about a McChicken. If there's anything worth catching a case over, it's a dollar sandwich. For totally. sure. Totally worth That's it. why I know this had to be drugs. I mean, the guy's shirtless. He's throwing his shoes. He's climbing on top of cars. Now, uh, uh, the video's up for you at WRQK.com. I've also tweeted it out at Sands Ratio. So you follow me on Twitter. Right. And uh, I... I cannot believe this guy didn't get shot. Um, I, I, I and, and it, 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 it makes me wonder, like, why didn't something else? Oh my else god, happen? he's laying down in front of the cop when car. When you're now. climbing on top of a police car, and there's obviously an officer of the law in there, I don't understand what. How did it escalate more than that? Well, where's backup? Right. And okay, backup's coming. It's going to take another three minutes for the next cop to get there. But like, this person obviously was a danger to himself and a danger to others. For sure, how he was. Like, how, when he when he jumped off of the cop car and jumped on that second car, like, how was that not automatically? Yo, at least get the taser out, right? Right. Right. The cop didn't. Even, I don't even. I, don't, I didn't even see the officer, or the sheriff. I'm sorry. I didn't even see the sheriff get out of the car. I don't believe. So it's just like he's still in the car as of right hey, now, looking at this. And I understand you don't want to put yourself in a situation without the backup, the proper backup that you need, but like, you gotta do something, right? Well, yeah, I mean, the guy doesn't seem to be armed. You gotta get out of the car. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how this all went down, dude. His, it, that's an interesting view. I, I can't believe that guy didn't get tased.
I can't believe it. Yeah, the rumor is it was all about a McChicken. Which I know sounds crazy, but how many times have you seen that video in the last two months? This chicken was cold, so these two jumped over the counter and beat right. the person work. I mean, it's right. just like this stuff's happening left and right now because everybody's on drugs and everybody's insane. But if you haven't seen that yet, you can do so WRQK.com or, like I said, at my Twitter, which is at Stansberry Show. Aside from that, we are done for the day. Be back at it live tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 106.9. You have another opportunity for a trip out to Las Vegas for the iHeartRadio Music Festival. That happens at 11 a.m. on Rock 106.9. Have a great day. See you. Dan Stansberry. Matt Fantone. Just kiss your fruit cakes. The Stansberry Show. Chilling in the studs with my dudes. On Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Sansbury here. After you've been in a car accident, all you want is peace of mind. And North Canton Collision can give it to you. So whether you've been in a collision, big or small, North Canton Collision, that's who you call. Every repair at North Canton Collision comes with a lifetime warranty. And they use state-of-the-art paint technology. Because that's what you're after. You want your car back to the shape and back to the condition that you remember it. North Canton Collision can do it for you. Check out more info at NorthCantonCollision.com or call my buddies Jeff, Alex, Woody, or Jason at 330-499-517. North Canton Collision, the folks you call if you've been in a collision, big or small. Please relax. This will be painless. The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Stansberry here for Truebridge. If you're out to earn your health insurance license for free, dial pound 250 right now and enter the keyword Truebridge and register today. Qualified applicants will begin their classes on Monday the 14th. I can tell you this, if you're in the new Philly area, they need tons of help out there. So if you're looking to earn your health insurance license for free, dial pound 250, keyword Truebridge and register today. Like I said, qualified applicants will start their classes on the 14th.